Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces with love is stopped. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. Chelsea Gray for three. Unbelievable. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Jackie's got it. Aces got numbers. Three on two. To Plum for three. KP, ring it up. Boom, shaka, waka, waka, boom. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. To Bay, she's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. One, two, three times for Bay Bay. T.C. Martin. And you got that right. Money won't change it. Raquana, Bay Bay Williams, boom. This is the greatest show. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship. The doctor is now in. And glad to have you with us here on this Monday. It's a Monday. A manic Monday, magnificent Monday. Depends on how many betting tickets you cashed, I guess, right? Whether Marco D'Angelo in the house with me. Marco, is it a magnificent Monday or a manic Monday? Go! Oklahoma State! <laughs> right out of the gate. What did he say? Oklahoma State. Don't you remember? Oklahoma State? Yeah. Steak. Yeah, but good thing we didn't bet on that because... You declined. No, 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 no. Really? Go to the tape, sir. Oh, oh, so it's a magnificent Monday for you. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Congratulations to you, sir. I, you know, all kidding aside, you will get my normal, as I do to you, uh, every show. But congrats on the weekend, sir. (laughs) Well, thank you. Oh, this this is what we're doing here. This is my jam, too. Yeah. Um, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I'll take this time then, too, to uh, to thank uh, everyone within Nevada Broadcasters Hall of Fame as well, too. We had our event on uh, on Saturday night, or their event, I should say, where I was honored with a whole bunch of other people that uh, were well-deserved for the, throughout the state of Nevada between Vegas and uh, Reno, specifically. And uh, it was a great night at the Four Seasons. So much thanks uh, for them for the event that they put on. They put on an extravagant gala uh, each and every year. There was the 27th year of that, and uh, I was honored to be to be one of the honorees for that event on Saturday night. And it was a great time, a great night, and uh, just uh, just honored and, and blessed uh, with so many people. Special thanks to Tony Benici. Um, who nominated me and uh, is involved with the Tony and Linda Benici Scholarship Fund where they provide scholarships for broadcasting students, communication students year after year, and they raised a lot of money for that fund. Uh, Eric Benici, who's the executive director of the Nevada Broadcasters Hall of Fame, appreciate him and uh, and everybody there. So, yeah, it was a great night and uh, very memorable. So just much thanks to them and all the inductees that were there on Saturday night. Kudos to you, sir. Well-deserved. And, um, well, that's enough of the butt-kissing portion of today's show. (laughs) Well, let's get back to who owes who money. But I did want to – well, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I did want to thank them for a fantastic event. Have you ever been to the Four Seasons before? I was there once for a wedding. Nice facility. Man, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Great staff, uh, great hospitality there. 
uh, great bar area, uh, steakhouse from what I heard is, mm-hmm. is very good. The food was, uh, was very good as well, too. Yeah. I'm sure because, you know, you were involved in all of the festivities and a gala night that you probably didn't get to see scores. Numchuck, did you yeah. see the score of the Oklahoma State? <laughs> South Alabama. Why is game? he doing this? I mean, can can you just let the host like kind of like lay out the show for you? And when we get to that college football, pro, uh, Oklahoma State and South Alabama, right? Is it South Alabama? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you're really happy with that. I, oh, you gave it to me big time last week. Well, you you had this. Coming. I hate Mike Gundy. You know that. <laughs> How come you're going there? And why can't you give me kudos? I'm saying Buffalo owes me. Okay, <laughs> Buffalo owed me, so I got Buffalo. You no, know, because of what they did to me the previous Monday night. And yeah, sure, I give it back on freaking Oklahoma State. Yeah, that was no forever wow. to be known. That was a great that was a great handicap, Marco. Seriously. Because I looked State. at South I, I, I looked at South <laughs> Alabama and I'm going like, okay, you know, for me, just you know, Oklahoma State basically just has to win the game at home and they got drilled. Thirty three to seven. They did not show up. So South Congratulations. Alabama. That was a great call. They owed me from earlier in the season. I used them in a similar situation and they had five turnovers in the game and, you know, did me in, but they came back. Uh, it was a good Saturday for me. I needed a bounce back Saturday because full disclosure, mm-hmm. I sucked the previous Saturday and you were, you went three and oh, so yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good, good, good bounce back. Yeah. No, that was, a, that was a very good handicap on, on that game. No question, uh, about that. So, yeah, today on the show, we are going to recap a very busy sports weekend. We'll talk aces. Alicia Clark is going to join us because the breaking news today, after the aces eliminate the Chicago Sky in advance to the semifinals for the fifth consecutive season, well, now the WNBA awards start rolling in. And uh, one of the big ones today, which the aces organization is very, very familiar with, Alicia Clark named the sixth player of the year. Deservedly so. A uh, fantastic accomplishment for a fantastic person. And she will join us on the program here at the bottom of the hour. So hang tight for that. And it's so funny because uh, before it was announced, uh, I was going to replay my post-game interview with her last night because she was my post-game guest. And she had another fantastic game last night. Double digits off the bench, scored 14 points. And I had said to her during the post-game interview, I said, well, I said, you know, it's uh, awards time now, and uh, you're up for the sixth player of the year. And she, like, looked at me and, like, you know, it was, like, kind of grinning or whatever. So I don't know if she knew or not at that. I don't think so. I think she might have known. So we're going to find out. And uh, I said, you're definitely the favorite. And she goes, oh, thank you. And I was talking to Becky before the game, and we were talking about, you know, postseason awards. And I go, well, I said, you know, Alicia Clark's up for six woman of the six player of the year, obviously Asia MVP and defensive player of the year. And then I said, of course, you know, you should be coach of the year, but we already had the results of that. And then she goes, well, wait, she goes, do you know something already? She goes, did, did Alicia get it? Did, did are, are those official? I go, no, no, no. I said, they're coming out. She goes, oh, I thought you were like, you know, you're breaking news right now. I said, no, just kind of prepping for this. But, you know, this is a terrible Tuesday thing. But since I can talk aces with you, Marco, because you go to a lot of the games and we talk about a lot. The WNBA Coach of the Year was announced yesterday. And it was Stephanie White of the Connecticut Sun. And I don't know if you know how the voting took place, but Stephanie White got it. 
Where do you think Becky Hammond finished? And how many votes did Becky Hammond get? She should have been second. Um, should have been first. Well, should have been first. But if she wasn't <laughs> first, she should have been second. Probably because, you know, they're the defending champs. And coming into the season, right now everybody's talking about the Liberty is, is the super team. You know, it was the Aces at the start of the season that was the super team. You know, prior to the injury with Candace Parker and everything. So, you know, these kind of awards have a tendency not to be repeated a lot that could be a bias which is ridiculous okay <clears throat> stephanie white was voted coach of the year connecticut had a 27 and 13 record all right she received 36 votes from a national panel of 60 writers and most do not know what the heck they're doing becky hammond finished fourth fourth with three votes fourth three votes Let me say this before people get all into, well, what you just said, okay? That's false. Everything you said, all right? Because Aces were never a super team, all right? It's the same core that they've had, and they ended Kaddis Parker. New York was the team that went super team on you. So let's clarify that. This team won more games than last year with less of a roster, and I'm talking about the Aces, all right? The coaching job that Becky Hammond did this year, you and I talk about it all the time, with no bench, okay? Alicia Clark, sixth player of the year, is the only scoring defense assist maker they have off the bench, period. They get 34 wins, more wins than last year, set the record for most wins and best record in the history of the WNBA, without Candace Parker, without Raquana Williams, basically with seven, eight players the entire year being very consistent. Of course she's the coach of the year. And she finishes fourth with three votes. Fourth is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, I will give you that. But you have to admit, and I'm, here's where I'm going with this. You know how, and let's segue for one second to the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm. People hate the Knights. Yeah. Around the league because of how easy it came for them the first year. And they've been in the playoffs every year but one. And then win a Stanley Cup, you know, inside the first six years of the franchise. The Aces won the championship last year. They've, you know, been here. They, they've been a presence ever since they moved to Vegas. So it's kind of like the Knights to a degree. And if you just look, they were the defending champs from last year. Bringing back... Almost the entire team mm -hmm. and adding one of the WNBA's legends. So when I said super team, it was the perception of this is the defending champs that made themselves better at the start of the year. Now, granted, things that happened during the course of the season changed that. Candace Parker going well, out. Connor Williams never suited up. Exactly. Those were things that were on, you know, <laughs> a former six player of the year candidate who led him to, it was, was big in the postseason last year. But for Becky to go to fourth <laughs> is ridiculous. But for the, the Connecticut, weren't they in the championship last year? Thank you. They went backwards. Yes. Yes. They went backwards. Okay. I would have been more surprised, even though it was a super team. And they lost John Quell Jones. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. They lost her, but no. This is bias. It's East Coast bias. There's no question. Just like the AP voting for Brianna Stewart. And when this M the WNBA MVP comes out here next week, 
all right, a week and a half. When that comes out, if it is not Asia Wilson, there should be holy hell to be paid and held accountable. And Becky and I were talking about it. It's like, you know, it's, it's embarrassing for the league if they get this wrong with that. But to get the coach of the year wrong, and here's, here's why Becky Hammond did not get the award. Okay. WNBA suspended her for the first two games for the nonsense. Okay. For the nonsense, the Derek Hamby and all that stuff. So they're not going to give her an award that they suspended her two games for, which when it all came out, none of that was legit. All right. They never interviewed anyone from the aces. Okay. It was, it was, it was one person and I love Derek Hamby. I do. But it, it was it was what she said, her word, and nothing got backed up with that. And then it kind of got swept under the rug. And they said, well, we got to do something. But if they would have done a thorough investigation, Becky Hammond should have never been suspended for the first two games. So I think that's where it's like, well, we're, we're going to give coach of the year to someone we suspended. Oh, we can't do that. Stephanie White, for a, a team that is the third best team in the WNBA and a team that was in the finals last year and was, you know, one game away from t- taking to a fifth and deciding game or a championship. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense, especially from everything the Aces accomplished with less. They accomplished more this year with less. Isn't that what coach of the year should be? It should be. Did the Liberty coach at least finish second? No. No, Latricia Trammell from the Dallas Wings, second. Sandy Brondello, the Liberty, who came over from Phoenix, third. Becky Hammond, fourth. Sandy Brondella got six votes. Becky Hammond got three votes. <laughs> it makes no sense. It, it, if you're going to give somebody uh, a first or a second place, it should be the coach for Washington, who really they had nothing this year, and that guy led him to a, a, a playoff spot. You know? It's like, no. But here's what I don't like, okay, that they want to try to spread the wealth. We've seen this in Major League Baseball, too. Why Dusty Baker did not get the Manager of the Year award last year, or even the year before, was ridiculous. Oh, well, you guys were already loaded. <laughs> won nearly 100 games. Won a World Series. And, of course, they give the award you know, prior to the postseason, which is ridiculous. But it's like, why are you penalizing someone for greatness? It's like, oh, and what you're saying is anybody could coach the Las Vegas Aces. We know that not to be true. We know that. Bill Lambert didn't win a championship with the Aces. It's like, no. Why don't you just look at the whole body work? And so what? If one team sweeps the awards, why is that a bad thing? It just brings more attention to the league. Okay, Zaysia Wilson deserved the MVP over Brianna Stewart. Yes, because when you break down the numbers, she's done it in yes. less minutes. She does. End of story. Does Alicia Clark deserve sixth player of the year? No question, she does. Does Becky Hammond deserve Coach of the Year? No question about it. Does Asia Wilson deserve Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, she'll win that. No, There's no right. question with okay. that. Okay, but it's like they feel that they need to spread the wealth. No, you don't, because you know what that does? It doesn't bring more attention to your league. It causes more questions, and people say, okay, eh, where's the legitimacy of this? If you can't get the legitimacy right of your awards, how can you not get the legitimacy, uh, you know, expect to have legitimacy of the league? You, it's true. You hear that though in every sport. How many times do you see somebody gets the award 
and you'll hear people say, you know, he probably didn't deserve it this year, but it's kind of like accumulation of, you know, the lifetime, you know, achievement. Yeah. He, you know, he's been there every year, right, you know, in the top three and, you know, finally got it. I, that's the mentality. And it's the society that we're in. Everybody needs a participation trophy. You didn't win. Okay. Sorry. I've never, been, whenever I played little league, I didn't get a trophy yeah. for, for not winning. Yeah. You know, did how, you? How about expect, how about expecting? Uh, or getting the news, okay? Have somebody give Becky Hammond the news. I, I want to know what is your explanation? Uh, why you did not get the Coach of the Year, Becky? What's what, what's the explanation? Let's hear it. You 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 can't. You, you didn't win enough games. <laughs> oh, oh no. eh, wrong. No, that's not it. Right. Mm. All right. Let's see. Uh, your team underachieved. <laughs> I mean, you uh, did it with a deeper. Oh no, you didn't. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. What is that? Oh, by the way, there are three others that were better than you. Are you out of your mind? This isn't me. Just me here. Okay. This is anybody who watches this league. Come on. You guys casually watch the league. Am I off base here? What was Becky's reaction, do you think, when she found out she was fourth? I can tell you what it was. <laughs> Don't get us thrown off. <laughs> <laughs> should I have the should I have the dump button ready? <laughs> okay. It was just I'm just gonna say this. It was the shake of the head, like wow. Not surprised. But you know what? I'm not speaking for Becky Hammond. No. Okay, no. I'm not speaking. I'm just that if Asia does not get MVP and already we know Becky didn't get the coach of the year. That just that gives them more reason to go oh, out. It, it just that fuels. Did you the watch the game yesterday? I did not watch the okay, game. Okay, you're watching back. football. I'm watching football. Right. I'm sorry. I love the Aces. No, no, no. That's okay. Next to you, I'm probably the biggest. You know, yeah. that comes through this studio. And, and I'm not asking that. Yeah. You know, did yeah. you? I'm just uh, just because then you could relate to what yeah. I'm about to say, and that is this team came out with a intensity, focus, and fire yesterday. Like they did in game one. You saw game one at T-Mobile. It was like that, but even more. And they held them to 59 points in game one. And yesterday, it was suffocating defense. Asia was a beast yesterday. 38 points for Asia Wilson. All right? She set a playoff record, a playoff franchise record. Another record she sets. Okay. And uh, she broke the franchise record of 35 points. Who do you think held that? Becky Hammond? Her coach? Yes. <laughs> it, I did not watch the game, but I did listen to a segment of the game as I was driving from one sports bar to a casino. And where I did get to hear some of the game uh, in your call was the end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter when they had the, you know, it, it went from a the game was blow, already over. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. already over to all of a sudden, as you said, we have a. Single digit lead. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And calls time up. Went from twenty six to nine. Yeah. yeah. That's when I exactly pulled into the casino that I was arriving at. Yeah. And then as I got in and got situated in that, and then I checked my you know, checked the phone for an update on the score and they kicked it right they you know. Right. They came out must have come out of the timeout on fire. Yeah. Yeah. But coming out of the gate though, it yeah. was the intensity and the focus. Again, 
Chicago never <clears throat> led in those two games. And the Aces sweep the Chicago sky and uh, eliminate them. They win the first round, on to the second round, which is the WNBA semifinal. So now we get to the best three out of five. And game one is Sunday at Michelob Ultra Arena. So they get a week rest, 2 o'clock start time. It's going to be a busy Sunday because we know what's what's going on oh. Sunday. <laughs> Marco's got his Pittsburgh Steelers jersey on today. Are you going to wash it between tonight and, and Sunday? Yes, sir. All right. So the Raiders host the Steelers for the Raiders' home opener. That's 5.20 p.m. And then they got the Aces game at 2 o'clock. So it's going to be a little, a little busy for me. Are I, you are you just walking? I, I knew he was going to say that. I was I was going to oh, lead you into that. Say, walk it. You know what Nupchuk's going to tell me to do, right? Walk it. Walk it. You're supposed to walk it. First of all, over the Hacienda Bridge. That's like a how fi- many people do you see do that? I know. Was it like a 15 minute? But I'll I'll be dressed and I'm so not be casual. You know, it's going to be probably bring a change degrees. of clothes. I can't. I don't because I got to really pretty much wear almost the same type of attire that I do for both things. You know, I'm not wearing a jersey because it'll be in the press box. So True. I can't wear tennis shoes. Can't do that stuff. So yeah, he's going to tell me to just to walk, walk it. it, man up never, and walk that, it. Someone told me it's 15 minutes. It's about that. If that, I know, but traffic wise, right? You're better off. But anyway, it's okay. So two o'clock aces. Just no overtime, please. Okay. <laughs> and, the, and they'll face the winner of Dallas and Atlanta, game one of the semifinals in Dallas and Atlanta. They're battling uh, game two for them tomorrow night. Uh, that's best two out of three. So yeah, congratulations to the Aces. Uh, fantastic, uh, victory. Those two games. Here's one for you, Marco. We're talking about the defense where the Aces held them to 59 points in game one and then 70 points in game two. The Aces defense held Chicago in six of the eight quarters to under 16 points per quarter. Think about that defense. Yeah, they're on fire. So this is, this is more ammunition. For this team, when their coach gets slided, not just slided, oh, barely, you know, you know, by a vote or two. No, that that's embarrassing. Fourth place with three votes. Over 60 votes, right? 70 votes. She gets three. How can only three of six of 60 people more than see that? It, see, yeah, see, what see is it? it? I'm going to get the exact number here. Um, yeah, 60. This And this is what, what gets me about writers. 60 writers and broadcasters. Right? 60 writers and broadcasters. <sighs> I wonder how many of those are really legitimate. You got to, <laughs> you know, I, I have no right. words for it. I, can't. I know. It's just, it's, it's, it's goofy. All right. So enough of that. But anyway. how about the eye poke that Asia took? Yeah, I thought that was pretty serious. Yeah, she got, she got the eye poke. She had the eye poke and had the ice on it. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. But uh, good. And again, another reason you know you're glad that you you get all this rest here, so you have a week off, and the schedule is tailor made for them uh, to succeed. So, all right. So yes, today we will we'll, we'll talk aces. Alicia Clark will join us here coming up. We have got plenty of NFL to talk about in the Raiders. Uh, thirty-eight ten. We'll d- get into to more of this. Uh, especially next hour when we do our whole NFL wrap-up and then preview tonight's game between the Saints and the Panthers and the Steelers and the Browns. Marco, why are we call, they calling this a doubleheader? I've heard everybody say doubleheader, 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 okay? We know what a doubleheader means, right? One after the other. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. that thank you. This isn't the case. we got a game at 4 o'clock and a game at 5 o'clock, right? On two different networks. 
Right. And you're, you've got both of the games that are East Coast teams. Right. The second, the second game should be a West Coast matchup. That's what it used to be when I've never been a fan of this Monday night, uh, doubleheader because you get two garbage games. You don't get great games. And now you're getting two same thing, probably mediocre games. But now you can't even watch one at a time. They're an hour apart. I don't think a lot of people realize that because in their mind, they're thinking, oh, you know, one's at four and one's at seven. Well, what we also got in the past when we had the true doubleheader, as I said, it was, you know, East Coast, West Coast game. So both, uh, you know, both coasts got something. Uh, we only had that the first week. We didn't have this the first week because we weren't split in time with Jets and Buffalo. That was the marquee, marquee game of the weekend because of the buildup, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and everything. So we got the two games this week. We get two games again next week. Yes. So why? Okay. Well, they're, they're why they're trying this out. We'll see. I don't know. I don't uh, know. How. I know. I remember them saying they're going to do this and yeah. I, I don't get it. Just let Monday night football be Monday night football. Let Sunday night football be Sunday night football. And then let's, let's do the rest. And there's, you know, plenty of games to, to, to choose from on, on the Sunday, you know, two time slots. Come on. So now you, you know, to really fully enjoy it, you need to be at a, you know, a sports bar, sports book. So you can be watching both games simultaneously is with me with a plate of chicken wings. So, I mean, that's where. So I'll you be. have not done the YouTube yet, right? I have not done the YouTube. Uh, I went uh, to a sports bar and we had this discussion last week. How's that going to work with? And right. I told you that I didn't realize it. And that is the case. You direct TV is still handling the, the bars for you. I, there's some, the money transfer. I don't know how the money goes. You know, they're, they're working to deal with it that you're going through YouTube, but direct TV is, is servicing the restaurants and bars that have. The Sunday ticket. We're supposed to ask Chuck Esposito that today. And Chuck will join us okay. later on the show today. So we, we will ask him that. Because I went into a, a sports book briefly yesterday, and I saw technical difficulties. And it did, It looked like it was it was streamed. The, it was definitely streamed. Now, and, everything was everything ran smooth at the, at the sports bar I was at yesterday. Yeah. Um, I can tell you from people that I've talked to that do have the YouTube at home. Yeah. And their biggest complaint is getting in and out of one game to another game. There it is. Okay. And see, this is the thing, too, because, again, since I've been working on these Sundays, so I said, well, I'm not going to spend the money, and I'm still not sure how to navigate it or what, what to do here, so I'm just going to wait. And then here we had another Sunday game this week, so now we got another Sunday game next week that I'm not going to be able to watch. So I'm going like, you know what? I'm just going to wait probably until week four. Unless the Aces have another playoff game that's on a Sunday. And we're going to get a lot of these playoff Sunday games because, remember, ESPN and ABC do not carry the NFL. Right. So that's why people are wondering, why are, they, why are the WNBA going up against you know the NFL? It's not so much they're going up against because ESPN has the rights and ABC have the rights to the WNBA for the playoffs. So they also have the rights to tons of college football. So there's no window for Saturday. But Sunday's wide open. That's why what do you normally see? A lot of Numchuck's favorite stuff on Sunday on ESPN. What do you see, Numchuck? Right? Cornhole? You get the Exactly. Get the <laughs> cornhole and the Ocho's and all that nonsense, right? I miss the Ocho. Yeah. The Ocho needs to hurry up and come back. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. All right. So we'll dive into that. Yeah. Raiders, uh, disasterly yesterday. Is that a word? Disasterly? <laughs> Wasn't that like a cartoon? Big Al would remember that. Yeah. You know? I'll allow it. Yeah. All right. 38-10. All right. 
The Raiders scored in the opening drive. Buffalo went three and out. So it was seven nothing. Raiders get the ball back. Then Garoppolo turns it over, and it all came crumbling down from that moment on. Buffalo outscored the Raiders 38 to three after that. 38 to three. Now, anybody that watched the Monday night game last week knew that Buffalo was going to come back with a big game, you know, especially Josh Allen, who really stunk on Monday night. Yeah. (laughs) And he, and he did come back. Thank you very much for Josh Allen and for me to have one of my lone winners yesterday, (laughs) right? And my fantasy quarterback who, Gave me minus two last week. That was great, right? Uh, only be uh, you know equaled by Lamar Jackson, who had that last week as well too. But Josh Allen, thirty-one for thirty-seven, two hundred seventy-four yards, three touchdowns, seven of eight rolling out on the move. He com- completed seven of eight passes on that. So. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that next hour. All right, so, yeah, Chuck Esposito will join us from Red Rock. We'll talk to him uh, from the book perspective. We'll talk about Saturday's college game. We'll let Marco continue to gloat and pat himself on the back for his fantastic 3-0 Saturday. Good job, Marco. I'm serious. Good job. All right, we got that going for you. Plus, we've got Raiders and Steelers coming up. Steelers play tonight. We'll handicap the two Monday night football games, and we'll tell you about uh, the great tailgate extravaganza taking place at our good friends of Slice of Vegas. We'll t- talk to you about that before the Raiders and Steelers game, the Raiders home opener on Sunday. But when we come back, we talk aces and the sixth player of the year winner just announced today, Alicia Clark joins us next. Hi, this is Becky Hammond, head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Yes, the Las Vegas Aces victorious again yesterday, sweeping the Chicago Sky out of the playoffs. And the Aces got themselves a nice little six-day break until they open the second round, the semifinals, Sunday. All right. Award time came out today as well, too. All right? NBA award, or the WNBA awards are starting to trickle in, and our next guest is a recipient. Now... The sixth player of the year, the Aces, Alicia Clark, in the house. What's going on, AC? <laughs> hey, TC. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. All right. So you and I were talking last night uh, after the game, post-game show, right? And if you remember, mm-hmm. one of the first things I asked you was, hey, you know, <laughs> you know candidate for sixth player of the year. And you kind of gave me this look like, Okay, I don't know if I, you know, how I should respond to that or what. And again, I'm going <laughs> to let you take the floor here. But we get the news this morning that you win the award. Were you holding back on me yesterday? That's what I want to know. When did you find out? I was holding back. Ah! Um... <laughs> don't do me like that, girl. You know, I had to. I had to. Um, yeah, I actually, I got the call Friday. Um, Kathy called me Friday to let me know. And so that they'd be announcing today. So, you know, it's tough to hang on to, especially when you want to, like, celebrate with those who've, you know, just kind of been through the process and the journey with you. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you something. Okay. did Were you the only one that knew that? Did you share that with anybody? For example, did Becky know? Yeah. So they called Becky. Um, so usually, I guess, I don't know how they normally do it. This is the first time I've ever won anything in an individual award. But, um, yeah, Kathy said that she was calling Becky right after. Um, and, yeah, I'm just happy. Like, I got to celebrate with my team. Um, and that, to me, meant more than anything. Um, just because, like, 
I tell people all the time, but like, this is such a special group and just to be in that moment with them and celebrating with them. And, you know, they've been holding me down and welcomed me in, you know, this year with open arms. And it was, it was a really special moment when I found out. So cool. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. So, so well deserved. And uh, that's great that you that you found out uh, a, a couple of days and, and you duped me a little bit. You were looking at me like, okay, like I can't say nothing. And the reason I ask about Becky because I was talking to Becky, you know, before the game and pregame, and I was saying, you know, hey, you know, we, we've got all these awards coming up now. And I go, you know, AC, the Sixth Player of the Year, and then I have, of course, you know, you know, Asia MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and then of course her and I were talking about, you know, the Coach of the Year, which we we got that word yesterday. And then so she said to me, she goes, "Wait, did did you get this word already? Did is that a fact? Is this official?" And I'm going, "Well, no, because I didn't even know that the award was going to be announced. Like I knew it was coming up, like your award, but I figured it was going to be the next couple of days." I go, "No, it's just you know, I'm, that's me prognosticating that. No, she's." gonna get it you know and so everyone's messing with me that's that's funny that is really funny hey speaking of which i gotta get your take on this okay so with stephanie white getting the coach of the year uh for the connecticut sun and then becky finishing fourth with three votes come on ac don't hold back i mean i just i i lashed out about it you're entitled what do you think of this excuse me um you know look i know it's Everyone has their, any awards, you know, anybody, everyone has their own idea of what that award should be and look like. But to me, I'm like, here's a coach who has the, you know, best offense and best defense in the WNBA and, you know, won over 30 plus games. And it's just like, for us, obviously being in here every single day with her, you know, she's our coach of the year. Um, but I, I guarantee you, if you go into the Connecticut Sun locker room, they feel that same way about Stephanie. Um, so, you know, congrats to her, and that's great. But, you know, for us, Becky's our coach of the year, and that's, you know, just because we know what <laughs> what she's doing and what special things she's helping accomplish this year. And, um, you know, we don't take that for granted, but I think sometimes when – you know, you have people that are really good at what they do and do it on a consistent basis. People kind of just take that um, for granted a little bit. Um, but what Becky's been able to do here in this franchise, and it's been really special. Um, so I'm happy that, you know, I get to be a part of her legacy here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she's my coach of the year, but, you know, that takes nothing away from Stephanie and what she's been able to accomplish there in Connecticut. Um, you know, she's a deserving candidate as well. So... Your first year with this team, and let's let's go back to the off season when you were deciding where to play this year. Why the Aces? Um, I mean, it's just a top notch organization from top to bottom. You know what Mark's doing here, and and the way he's investing in this team and this franchise, and then you know everybody from Nikki all the way down um, is just top notch. And then obviously being able to play alongside these amazing young superstars in their prime um, was something that I wanted. I wanted to be able to continue to compete for a championship, be in a space to be able to do that. Um, and the aces, everything about it um, is that. So I was like, I want to be a part of that. They're doing something special there and I want to be a part of it. So you, you now have had uh, an entire year, you know, with this team playing with this group. Uh, how has it played out for you? with the personal experiences, not only on the court, but off the court. And was it everything that you thought and more? 
Oh, it's everything and more for sure. Um, you know, during free agency, having calls with some of the players and talking to the coaches and, you know, just hearing them say Becky's better than advertised and then being here and getting firsthand experience with that. And not even just her, but like Ty and Natalie and CT, like, I mean, our coaching staff from is, is just phenomenal. Um, and then with the players, like, Man, when you can enjoy coming to work every day, um, and then too just enjoy spending your your free time with these amazing women, um, you know, it just it makes it that much better. And uh I'm happy like I couldn't be happier. Um I knew this was the right place for me and I'm I'm so happy to be here. Alicia Clark, two-time WNBA champion, two rings with the Seattle Storm back in the day, first season with the Aces, and what a, an amazing player in addition to this Aces team. We knew that coming into it. Uh, she definitely has lived up to it, and now today gets the award, the Sixth Player of the Year Award. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house with me here. Alicia, question for you. Obviously, you guys brought the first champion. Well, you weren't here last year, but the Aces brought the first championship to Las Vegas, and then the Golden Knights, you know, followed up uh, the immediate season afterwards. The Knights have kind of this, the rest of the league is, doesn't like them. Do you guys feel that? <laughs> Did you guys, you know, or I don't want to say the enemy, and I don't want to say you're hated, but how, let's say at least jealous of the franchise and everything you guys have. Um, I think that'd be something you'd have to ask the other team, <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, there's definitely something right that people, when you see a group of individuals that, um, you know, can celebrate each other loudly, um, walk in their purpose confidently, um, and enjoy and have fun and are, and are also winning. Yeah. You're going to have people that, you know, want to see you fail and, and that's just human nature, but you know, for us, um, that's not something we ever focus on. Um, you know, we always really make sure and make a conscious effort to make sure that we are focused in-house because that's what matters on the day-to-day. Um, how people feel about us, how they view us, literally has no effect on our everyday life. Um, it doesn't change how we go to work. It doesn't change how we interact with one another, and it doesn't change how we show up on the court. So for us, it's always just focusing on the things that do matter, um, and that's us and what we're doing, um, the ACES franchise and organization and just continuing to help build, you know, women's basketball and grow the game. Um, and the, just in general, what like ownership, what great ownership looks like for this, for this league. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's great for us. And, you know, if people hate it and it's bringing eyes and, uh, making people want to invest and be a part of the league and help grow it, then, you know, we're doing our part, <laughs> you know, when you're a player that is playing for another team or another franchise and you played, like I said, many years with Seattle, they also played with Washington, competed against the Aces for so many years, and then you kind of have a view of a team or a franchise, I imagine, as an opposing player. And then now when you join that franchise, I'm sure that, you know, there were some, um, ideas or maybe even misconceptions that you have about, you know, that team and now that you had an entire year here and you're around you know these great women talk a little bit about you know what maybe you thought prior to and then now being there a whole year and talk about really what is the best part about about being on this team and who you really have bonded with during the course of this time 
Yeah, I mean, as an opponent, um, you know, you just like strictly looking on the court, you knew that they had the really great talent, um, were really competitive, um, and just had fun playing the game. And that was something that you saw and could feel as an opponent. Um, and then, too, just you saw that they looked like they were a team who had fun um, with one another. And then now being here, it's like, oh, no, really, it's like that really is just how this group of women are. Um, and so being able to come in and, and be a part of that about, you know, the camaraderie off the court is really special because it's not every day you get that um, where you have a group of, you know, 12 women that thoroughly just enjoys or just athletes, period, that just enjoys being around one another all the time. Um, that's a really special situation. You know, I remember back in Seattle when we would get free agents and people would come in there like, wow, you guys really like each other. And it's like, yeah, what do you mean? This is <laughs> like, this is normal. Um, and so I, I have that same feeling here. Um, but again, just being a part, my favorite thing about it, honestly, is just enjoying one another and just how much everyone really celebrates each other and supports each other. Um, I mean, even something like, you know, today is Sydney and TT's premiere for their show and just the way that everyone shows up for them and just supporting them and, you know, what they, their endeavors off the court. Um, it's really special. Asia, you know, releasing her book today and like getting, being able to pre-order it for February, like that's just the beautiful part of this team and just who we are collectively as human beings. Um, and I love, love, love these women and love just being around them every day. And what uh, AC is referring to, uh, Sydney Colson, Teresa Plaisance, and TP, Teresa Plaisance, who was on this team last year, part of the championship uh, team, uh, they are debuting their podcast, uh, which is really kind of wild and crazy. So, no, it's even more than a podcast, too, right? Uh, the, oh, it's a TV show. It's a TV show. Yeah, it's a, it's a straight TV show. And uh, it's uh, the the hijinks that uh, Sydney Colson and Teresa Plaisance, but, you know, we got a chance to see firsthand, and you continue to see that firsthand. And then, you know, Asia with her book, you know, uh, you know, yeah. coming out today, just phenomenal. And these are all the things that, like you said, that, you know, you get to experience, you know, first town, uh, just, just fantastic. I want to go back to you though, you know, being a starter for a majority of your career in Seattle in Washington, and of course, overseas, uh, how difficult has it been for you to come off the bench? Honestly, it hasn't been difficult. Um, you know, because my journey through this league, I've been that player who, you know, never saw time on the court. I've been that player who's come off the bench. I've been that player who started. So I've, I've literally seen and been a part of every role possible. Um, and so early on, you know, I, I didn't hang my hat on whether I started or not. I've always hung my hat on, am I being productive and efficient and impactful when I step on that floor? Um, and I think that's something that's, you know, been able to help me sustain just even switching roles throughout this league and, and accepting roles on different teams. Um, so yeah, it hasn't been hard. And then too, when you have, you know, great young superstars in their prime ahead of you, like, why would I be upset about that? You know, I'm just, I look at it as me complimenting these players. Um, and again, just impacting the, the game when I'm on the floor. Um, and again, it doesn't matter if you start or not. It's about, you know, are you in the rotation? Are you, are you helping your team win? Are you doing things to help your team be the best version of themselves? And, you know, for me, that's, that's why it hasn't been a difficult um, switch for me. How about the mindset though? 
And because we know that there are players that struggle with that, you know, mindset of, of say, if you have been a starter and now you're coming off the bench or vice versa. And, and mm-hmm. how, how do you separate that? Have you been able to deal with that? Um, honestly, I think it's just being. And what, um, and let me ask you this. What is the difference? What, what is like the main focus that you really may have to focus on, you know, starter versus reserve? Um, I mean, honestly, like the biggest changes for me have just been like how I prepare before games, like, you know, how early or late I eat my lunch. Cause like, you know, being a starter, it's like, you're coming right off your warm ups into the game. So like I would eat earlier. Now I eat a little bit later. Um, but honestly, for me, it's just, it's being like realistic with yourself, um, having those conversations with yourself, but too, just like being supportive and encouraging to yourself, honestly. Um, and that's really why like a lot of players don't sustain in this league because they can't make that switch mentally. Um, and I think again, it comes to the part of like, what are you getting caught up on? Are you getting caught up that you want to start and you feel like it? Okay. Well, what are you doing to like, I don't know, make an impact when you're on the floor or make a statement to show why you should or shouldn't be, you know, should or shouldn't be a starter, whatever. But I think when you look outside of that and like get a bigger perspective, um, for me personally, that's, that's really what's helped me, um, sustain through that. But too, again, like I said, I've been in every position in this league. I've played every single role in this league. And so I think having that experience early on, um, is definitely a huge part and reason why, um, I've been able to kind of just make that switch a little bit easier. Um, but too, it doesn't matter if I'm, starting and playing 25 minutes or if I'm coming off the bench playing 25 minutes, I'm still playing 25 minutes. So it doesn't really matter. Um, and I think for me, that's, that's not something I ever got hung up on in the first place. So true professional Alicia Clark just named the WNBA's sixth player of the year with her first season here with Las Vegas with the aces. Uh, you've been playing some great basketball as of late for your last six games. You've scored in double figures, the two playoff games. You had, you had 14 in game one, five for eight shooting and then 13 points in game two. Same thing. Five for eight. Very, very efficient. Uh, just tell us how you're feeling right now and, and what are you seeing and how confident are you right now when, uh, when you got that ball in your hands? Um, I feel good. You know, I, I feel like I'm hitting my stride at the right time. Um, you know, obviously I feel good in, in postseason play and playoffs. This is, this is the fun part of the season. This is what you work for all year. Um, so I'm definitely confident in my ability. I'm confident in the work that I put in. Um, and just knowing what I bring to the table, knowing, you know, what I bring to the game on a night in and night out basis. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. This is the time you want to be hitting your stride. Um, so I hope I can just continue to be on that path and, and do whatever it takes to help us win. You guys got a week off now, which is great. Okay. You got the semifinals mm-hmm. right around the corner. You will host games one and two Sunday and next Tuesday. And Hey, we've talked about this before. You know, all about championship runs. How does this one feel for you? Oh, uh, it's exciting. Um, you know, we know with the job is far from being done. Um, but you know, we were able to check off that first step. And so, you know, just getting ready to, um, head forward in this, uh, next round, you know, just making sure that we are honing in on the things, um, that we need to be focused on, on the defensive side of the floor. And again, just making sure everything is seamless because games are going to get so much harder. 
our opponents, you know, are going to know us inside and out, and it's going to come down to who can make the most plays in the end. Um, and so, you know, we just want to make sure we're doing our part over here to make sure we're prepared for that. All right, there it is. Uh, you know, AC talked about about you know food when she eats. Well, you know, you got two foodies right here with, with me and Mar- Marco, and you and I have talked about food before. So I want to know, wh- give me a, a go to place that you've been uh, been going to where you really, really either like the vibe or the food here in Vegas. Oh man, uh, one of my favorite spots is Letty's. Um, tacos there are so good. Margaritas are great. <laughs> I love that it's like a small little small little restaurant intimate you can see the chefs back there cooking the food is phenomenal um so that's definitely one of my favorites for sure and i also love mexican food um it's i could eat it every day (laughs) so that's definitely one of my go-tos now you see why why her and i get along so well i mean i mean i'm 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 at a mexican restaurant probably three to four days a week so but you said margarita okay what's your margarita jam let's hear that what's the flavor Uh, i love a good I love a good spicy margarita. I'm a classic on the rocks margarita. Um, but yeah, give me a spicy marg any day. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> is, is that the post game drink of choice? Huh? The victory, <laughs> the victory drink. Is that what that is for you, AC? Um, sometimes other times it's a tequila soda with lime, you know, it just Ooh, depends. <laughs> look at this. She got some class. All right. Alicia Clark announced, Hey, we got to take a phone call. Okay. Because we got to call her. And of course we got the president of your international fan club. I believe big Al from Curacao is checking in listening. Big Al, what do you got for AC? What's going on, AC, TC, Marco, how y'all doing? <laughs> What's up, big well, guy? Thank you. Well, first of all, congratulations, T, on what happened to you Saturday night. Thank you, my you've friend. Been, you know, you've been a dear friend for over thirty years. We've been we've done a lot of things together. When I when I lived in Vegas, AC, well deserved. It should have been unanimous. I'm not sure what the vote count was, but uh, you <laughs> far and away are the best six woman probably in the history of the league. Oh wow! Thank you. No, no, no. I, I, I got a chance to, I got a chance to attend a game when I was in Vegas in July and just to, to, to watch the Aces play. It's, you know, people kind of rag on the, on the ladies style of basketball, but it's changed a lot over the years. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, that's like not something we really pay too much attention to because until somebody wants to come and step into practice with us, what they say doesn't really hold too much weight. <laughs> We've always known that it's been, you know, exciting and, and skillful and competitive. Um, so I'm just happy that people are appreciating it and, you know, speaking on it. So we'll take it. There it is. All right, Big well, you know, we know you're We know you're a big fan, too, uh, of the Aces, but well, specifically the biggest, AC. <laughs> the biggest, the, the, I'm the biggest AC fan in the Caribbean, maybe in the whole world. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> we're we're going to have to get, we're gonna, Big Al's going to have to get AC an endorsement deal in the Caribbean. I don't know, a Caribbean oh. cruise line, something. I mean, hey. she, li- she likes her tequila, Big Al. You got to start working on that over there, okay? And remember, oh, I'm, I'm, her, well, I'm her agent was, for this now, okay? Remember that. Yeah, well, we're famous here. We're famous here for the Blue Curacao, named after the country, of course, but uh, it's a nice sweet after drink. So what can I tell you? Uh, 
<laughs> Great stuff. All right, big guy. I appreciate you uh, you checking in. AC, I'll let you go get some rest. Uh, I know you're probably doing a lot of uh, media and stuff today. Uh, always uh, appreciate you. Uh, have a great time covering you. It's all again. You you bring a smile to a lot of fans' faces and your teammates as well. Aww. And you are a missing piece you know, to this team. And uh, again, a big part of why this team is is thirty four and six in the regular season and going to have another lengthy playoff run. And uh, we want you to get that third championship ring. How's that? Sounds good to me. That's that's the goal. <laughs> there you go. All right, girl. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you during the week. Thanks, Lucy. All right. All righty. Thank you. There it is. All right, Alicia Clark, one of the best. And when the Aces signed her in the off season, immediately it was like, wow, be ready, because a lot of people were not familiar with her. But watching her time in Seattle and in Washington, uh, she's just the consummate pro. Uh, she can shoot the rock, great defender. And plays us, you know, much bigger than her size. Did you see her two playoff uh, stat lines? They are almost identical. Yeah, five for Tw- eight. Yeah, 20, yeah. 23 minutes yeah. in change in both of them. The only difference was a, a foul shot. That was the difference between five of eight, two of three from three point, and one less foul shot in the 13 point game than the 14 yeah. point game. And, you know, the Aces have owned this six player of the year award, all right, for the last five years. The Aces have gotten that award. Derek Hamby got it twice. Kelsey Plum got it. And um, last year, an Aces player did not get it. And AC gets it this year. So, pretty cool. Think about it, though. The six-player award, if you have somebody that's coming off the bench like that doing so well, that gives you the depth mm-hmm. that you need to win. You got it. All right. Appreciate Alicia Clark. And again, the Aces back in action on Sunday, 2 o'clock, game one of the WNBA semifinals. And a lot of watching to be doing between the other series like New York uh, playing Washington. See if uh, the Mystics can give them a run. And then the Aces will play the winner of the Wings and the Dream, Atlanta and Dallas. And that series, one game to none right now with Dallas. Aces will play the winner, and they'll host them games one and two. And tickets went on sale today. Get them at access.com, AXS.com. When we come back, we talk NFL, college football. Check us. Mizzou will join us. Marco D'Angelo in the house with me. Don't you dare go anywhere on this magnificent Monday. Entertainment capital of the world. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rogers with a walk-off touchdown. It's the TC Martin Show. Play action. Has some time. Deep shot for Parker. And touchdown. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, TC Martin. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 Hour number two here on this Monday, recapping a busy weekend. We talk a lot of NFL this hour and college football. Appreciate Alicia Clark. AC, Las Vegas Aces, getting the Sixth Player of the Year award by the WNBA today. And yes, there should be more awards coming for the best team in the league. Asia Wilson MVP, Asia Wilson Defensive Player of the Year. 
Jackie Young was most improved player last year. As we know, Becky Hammond, coach of the year last year, did not get that award. So we'll save that for Terrible Tuesday tomorrow. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house. Wagertalk.com. That's where you go for Marco's plays. He's got some for tonight. But, of course, he'll share some of those things with us here. But go to wagertalk.com. The gang over there do a fantastic job. Marco and company over at wagertalk.com. All right, all sports. Go check it all out. Check Esposito is going to join us this hour. This hour from uh, Red Rock, the fine race in sportsbook director over at Station Casinos inside Red Rock. All right, continuing on here. Let's talk Raiders in Buffalo yesterday. Uh, disaster for the Raiders. Marco, this team, we said it last week, or at least I said it. I think you kind of concurred with me that they were lucky to win that game against Denver on the road. Denver shot themselves in the foot, just like they did yesterday, to be 0-2. They lost to Washington. We'll get to that in a minute. But the way the Raiders played both of these games have been very, very consistent. Not being able to move the ball, not being able to get chunks of yardage, not getting big plays. And when you look at the stats, Denver and Buffalo, the two opponents, the stat lines are pretty similar. Yesterday, the Raiders scored the on their first drive. Looked fantastic. Opening touchdown. On their opening drive, Buffalo then goes three and out. Raiders get the ball back, and then Garoppolo gets picked off. And after that, nightmare. Buffalo outscored the Raiders 38-3 to from that moment on. Josh Allen had a horrible game on Monday night against the Jets, where he had the four turnovers, three interceptions, one fumble. He bounced back nicely at home, as predicted. 31 for 37, 274, three touchdowns, and Buffalo just churned out the yardage. 450 yards overall for the Buffalo Bills. 29 first downs. And you know my favorite stat. 7 of 13 on third down. They were actually 3 for 4 on fourth down. And they did whatever they wanted to. So I thought it was a great spot for Buffalo. You had to pay a premium around 8, 8.5. I know there was some money late that actually came on on the Raiders. But Buffalo won covered. And again, we said that no team is going to look as bad as they did the first week, whether it was Buffalo, whether it was um, you know the Giants and the Steelers. But we'll have to wait to see how the Steelers show up. But thoughts on Buffalo Raiders yesterday? Well, first of all, I said it all summer long, that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to win games by himself. He needs a running game. There was zero running game for the Raiders yesterday. Josh Jacobs... I don't know that I've ever seen a stat line like this. He had nine rushes, TC, for minus two yards. Right. Minus two yards. How do you, how do you lose two yards on nine carries? They had a grand total of five other carries by running backs. Uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo had to run once for his life for a grand total of one yard. With them being, you know, from behind, they're not going to be able to win ball games. This team is not built that way. And we said Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco version, he had a great defense behind him and a just a stellar running game. Whether it was, you know, last year, uh, you know, when they added Christian McCaffrey or before that, they always had a running game. That's going to be a problem for the Raiders. And the other thing that we haven't seen yet, I mean, no signs of it so far. The Raider defense has not improved from before, and that's been an Achilles heel. 
it wasn't exposed last week because Denver is not an offensive juggernaut. We saw it this week against a team that can move the football in Buffalo after falling behind 7 nothing, It was Katie bar the door the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Who is Katie, by the way? I don't know. That is one of those sayings yeah. that just, you know. And you fall right into it. And you just we use do. it. You, you know, it's like. Yeah. You I, you don't use sayings that everybody uses? I, I try not to because oh, boom shakalaka. Yeah, boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who who says that? Who who has the boom at the end? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um 13 first downs for the Raiders, 3 for 7 and third down. Yeah. The time of possession really caught me. 19 minutes. 19 minutes and 50 seconds. You're not going to win any football games when you have the ball for less than 20 minutes. And here's the weird thing about this. If you watched the first five or six minutes of this game, you're thinking, oh, wow, Raiders are going to roll today. It just goes to show you how the ebbs and flows in a football game, especially an NFL football game, how can turn so quickly. Not only just in that Raiders game yesterday, but you, you saw it in you know the Arizona Giants game. You saw it in the... Washington game against Denver and you know Denver jumps out to a 21 to three late. How they're going to come coasting, you know, again, I'm away from that game for a while. I come back. Washington's ahead. What? I mean, what happened here? Same thing kind of with Buffalo. It's like, okay. Yeah. I figure, you know, Buffalo is, you know, got off that slow start. Cause I went to the arena at that time. Then, okay. Now it's seven, seven. Okay. That makes sense. So now it's 14, seven. Now it's, uh, you know, 17 or whatever it was. I mean, boom. And here comes Buffalo. Uh, they, they were just rolling, but you're right. The 55 yards rushing for the Raiders, just abysmal. And when you look at the two games, game one, 61 yards against Denver, 55. And I'm glad you brought up Josh Jacobs. How do you have nine rushes for, for negative two yards? Please help me out on this. Oh, I'll tell you why. Because maybe because you're not at a training camp. That's why. We talk about it year after year with these bozos who do not show up at camp. How do you ex- expect to have any type of continuity, chemistry with your offensive lineman, with your quarterback? Oh, yeah. First week. What does Josh Jacobs do? What? 48 yards, right? Think about this. You mentioned the nine carries for two, I would say negative two yards, right? On this season, your NFL rushing leader, from 2022, who had 1,600 yards, over 1,600 yards, has 46 yards in two games on 28 carries. Even Numchuck could do the math on that. Numchuck, how many yards per carry? Come on, 20, 28 carries, 48 yards. What do you got? What do you got? We got. 20, what do you got? F math. Yeah. <laughs> Less than two yards per carry. For Josh Jacobs. Maybe it's the wallet slowing him down. He got paid. <laughs> <laughs> Has he cashed a check yet? I don't know. Remember, yeah. you get you get checks every you know twice a month. I don't think he's cashed a check yet because he didn't get any obviously before because he didn't sign until after the preseason was over. You don't get checks anyway in the preseason. But anyway, yeah, twenty eight carries, forty six yards. Not going to win games. And there's no question about that. And as you said, the big thing is if you already have a bad defense and you're putting them on the field for forty minutes a game. You're making a bad defense worse because they are going to get wore out. Jimmy Garoppolo, decent game one, right? Maybe even a little better than decent against Broncos, right? I know we talked about it last Monday. They were never threatened because the Broncos never got anything going offensively. Right. Really didn't get much of a rush. No sacks. Raiders gave up no sacks, right, in that game week one. Garoppolo yesterday, 16 for 24, 
fairly efficient, except he had two interceptions. Um, 185 yards, one touchdown pass, and now the Raider fans are screaming again because saying, oh, there's Jimmy Garoppolo. There he is. He's a game manager. You know, he was on great teams before. Now what's he going to do? Derek Carr had a really good game for the Saints last week. Can you imagine the hyperbole and the talk we're going to hear tomorrow if Carr has another good game tonight against the Panthers? Well, what's being missed here is you. we talked about it. That How many people have said from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo really wasn't an upgrade? It was you know kind of a lateral move for the most part. So then what is the common denominator? Josh McDaniels. Yes. In the offense. Mm-hmm. That's the common denominator. You got to start looking at where, where it's at and what's going on. And, you know, the New England way might not be the way. It might work in New England, but it sure doesn't seem to be working. It didn't work for Josh McDaniels, his first head coaching job. And so far, I'm not impressed with the second chance at a head coaching job. Yeah. And this team has just really got uh, some issues on the field and then off the field. We haven't talked about Chandler Jones recently, but I guess he went back to social media over the last few days again. I don't know what this guy's talking about, uh, but it just has to be really upsetting if you are in that locker room or you're in that front office or you know you're in the coach's office. Like, what happened to this guy? I mean, what this guy's supposed to be playing with us right now, and, and he, he's nowhere to be found. He's not around the facility. He's got some issues. And he's all over social media venting his frustrations. And I don't even know what the heck he's talking about. I mean, if anybody can decipher some of these, these things that he's putting out, I mean, let me know. It, the thing of it is, is the, you know, he's all over the place, as you said, but then he turns around and he's deleting everything, you know, hours after he does it. So I, I don't know, you know, if there's, you know, you always got to walk softly whenever you're you're talking about, you know, is it, you know, possibly a mental health issue and, you know, you want to look for the welfare of the player. But somebody in his circle needs to step up and help Chandler Jones out. That's there's got to be somebody within his circle. Yeah. I don't know what who's in that circle or what, but you would think. um <sighs> If there was any remorse or explaining, because I mean, the posts are just really insane and don't make any sense. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but didn't he say something that, that he was hacked too? Well, if you're hacked, then you're going to hold the press conference immediately and say, listen, okay, I was hacked. I was going to explain it, but he hasn't held any press conferences. He hasn't talked to, to anybody. So. I don't think it's a hack job here because if it's a hack job, then again, you're not deleting posts. Yeah, an hour, as well, right? an, yeah, an hour or so after you do it, you're yeah. not you're not deleting it and then get hacked again later. So yeah, it and doesn't. One it, of his posts says, "Sorry for the mix-up. I was hacked. Please forgive me." But if, if that's the case, hold a press conference and come clean. And at least, if you don't want to talk to the media, but you should because right now everyone's just running with the story, and it's just. Again, when you don't hear anything, it's just going to cause more of a circus-like atmosphere and more teammates are going to get, you know, peppered with questions and the head coach. Cause remember last week, you know, Josh McDaniels was asked and they go, he goes, well, we're not talking about Chandler right now. This and that. Well, it's a story because they haven't squashed the story. 
It's a distraction until yeah. until it comes to light and he either is released or is playing. It's going to be the story that's going to keep playing out. Okay, so I know the Raiders now they have two games in the books. They're one and one. All right. Tied for the lead in the AFC West, along with the Kansas City Chiefs, who won yesterday. But um, we'll save, I guess, the matchup for their next game after we see what happens with the Steelers tonight, because they're playing in one of the two Monday night football games. So we'll save that for Friday. But uh, I don't know. You're, you're a Steelers guy, and you probably should reserve some judgment until you actually see what happens tonight. But if we're going by what the what we saw from the Steelers last week, I don't know how you can even handicap the game against the Raiders right now. Well, you can't, and we have to see what the Steelers do on a bounce back because, you know, and this is the overreaction to preseason. And we, you know, I've pumped the brakes on shows that I've done. You know, I've actually taken the under on a Steelers win total this year, which is very unpopular because for every year that Mike Tomlin's been the head coach of the Steelers, they've had a winning record. And I'm, I'm predicting that to stop as much as I don't want to see it happen. But what we saw last week, and granted, the 49ers are one of the best defenses in the National Football League. Not only are they a good defense, they're a very physical defense. And the Steelers got banged up last week. Um, they lost, the tight end ha- went out, which Fryermuth is not only great set of hands, he's a safety valve for Kenny Pickett, and he's crucial to the blocking on the run game. He went out. You lost Johnson. Deontay Johnson went out in that game. That is... You know, he doesn't have the talent that Pickens has, the other wide receiver, but he's still getting the double teams, which is letting Pickens get the single coverage. And we always know that the secondary receiver is the guy that always seems to shine because of the man-to-man coverage. He's out tonight, so that means Pickens going to get the double coverage. That's a problem. They lost a lineman last week. That's another problem. They lost Cam Hayward, which is yeah. huge. Yeah. That's huge on the defensive side of the ball because really when you look at the defense for the Steelers, it's like J.J. Watt and who right now. Yeah. And granted, Deshaun Watson doesn't scare me, but he was – I don't know if Cleveland's good or Cincinnati is just that bad. And Cincinnati is notorious for starting off slow. Okay? Again, they got beat again yesterday. Played better yesterday than they did in game one against the Browns, but we don't know how good the Browns are. And I understand the Steelers – they're they're at home and they're getting two and a half points tonight. But I don't have any confidence in, in in the Steelers right now because here's what scares me about losing Cam Hayward. Cleveland does do one thing very good and that's run the football. And you got Nick Chubb. Okay, they got a couple backs that can run the ball very effectively. So that scares me uh, a little bit. And again, I, I'm still not sold on Kenny Pickett. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm anticipating a bounce back for Pittsburgh, but you hit the nail on the head when you when you mentioned Fryermuth and and you know uh, Deontay Johnson and yeah. throw Cam Hayward on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and we're only in week two, and you're losing people like that. That's scary. Two uh, two things to note: uh, if you like history and streaks, the Pittsburgh Steelers have beaten Cleveland in Pittsburgh during the regular season nineteen straight games. Pittsburgh Steelers at home on Monday Night Football have won 20 straight games. Got a lot on, got a lot of streaks on the line tonight. And yet Cleveland's a two point favorite in this game because of the personnel. And see, that's why I think a lot of those, you know, past history stuff, you got to throw out the window because it's a totally different personnel. Uh, you know, 
usually with a lot of teams, it's different coaching staffs too. Now that's not the case with Pittsburgh. <laughs> no. Very rare, yeah. as we know. Yeah. Mike Tomlin, the longest tenured, you know, NFL coach with his team. So, but you know, Cleveland's different now than than they were in many of those matchups. I mean, they were, you know, god awful. I mean, uh, the Browns over these years. Talk about trends uh, continuing. The 49ers continue to beat the Rams, even though the game was a little bit closer than anticipated. But the Niners basically had a touchdown to a 10-point lead throughout. Uh, backdoor push or cover, depending on what number you that's, got, right? That's the story of the day. 30-23. to 23. <laughs> Take it away. Yeah. Four se- they throw a pass down the middle, and it's completed, and they run like the fire drill to get up and spike the ball. Even the referees hurrying to, to get the ball set in play. They spike the ball with four seconds left. They're down 10. 10 points. They send a field goal unit on. Now, you say you need two scores. You do. But there's only four seconds left. You got this, time for one snap. One snap. That's it. Okay. He bypassed 23 seconds left in the game where he had a stoppage of clock that he could have kicked the field goal, 23 seconds to go in the game, kick the field goal, then try the onside kick, and then you have an opportunity if you get the onside kick for a Hail Mary. They didn't do that. Everybody was going crazy because it did affect the point spread. When we get Chuck on the line at 3.30, we've got to ask him how that affected the books because if you saw where that game closed yesterday – Technically closed at seven. There was money come in late on the Rams. Yeah. Which means anybody that bet San Francisco late got the push. Anybody that bet San Francisco early lost the bet, which, you know, at the time you would have expected more San Francisco money. But the fact that all the money came in on Sunday late on the Rams, I'm curious to how that played out for the books yesterday because nobody really should have lost that game. All right. If you bet that game and you didn't have the winning side, you know you're betting at the you're, you're betting the wrong numbers. You yeah. know, and I believe that the contest line was seven and a half, pretty yeah. much with all the contests. So you know, a lot that. of people there. And you talked about that Denver game. Yeah, we talk about survivor contests around town a lot. That was the game theory play of the week was Denver because you have to try to use some mm-hmm. of the not marquee teams. Uh, you know, you got to go through an eighteen week season in this contest plus the holiday remember you have the extra yeah. week if you're going to use them yesterday would have been the day yes ah, washington was, yeah. what was was the day going against washington and they had a big lead and why in washington come storming back giants a lot of people used the giants that didn't use them the first week uh used them last yesterday and they were sweating they got there with the miraculous comeback against uh arizona so Crazy day of football. It was. Uh, you know, talking about the trends with, with teams that just seem to to own the other teams. We mentioned the, the Niners and the Rams. Same thing with Kansas City. Kansas City owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, and there was a lot of love for the Jaguars in this game. Hey, they're at home. They're better. Revenge game from the playoffs last year didn't matter. Chiefs win a low-scoring game. But again, Chiefs off of a loss, usually gold, and they were gold yesterday on the road. Uh, wasn't pretty, but they got the W 17 to nine, but Jacksonville could not move the football yesterday. If you, if I would have told you before the game and I'd have gave you half of the, the puzzle and said, Kansas City's going to have 17 points in the game. They're minus three and a half. Who do you want? 
Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah, I'll take I'll take the dog here. Yeah. You you definitely would have said Jacksonville did what they needed to do to yeah. win the game, but they didn't. And that, ironically, which a lot of people thought that would be a high scoring game because you know Mahomes and you know Trevor Lawrence and so forth. Uh, be another question for Chuck. Not a good day for the books as far as John Q. Public of totals. Did you see what the total uh, final slate was this week so far? Twelve overs, two unders. Yeah. <laughs> That's never a good outcome yeah. for the books. Yeah. Uh, because we know it's human nature. The public doesn't want to bet unders. They, they don't want to sit there and root sure. for no scoring. It's yeah. just human nature. And we rarely see that, that type of ledger, you know, 12 overs. And again, early the on. The first week, it was the opposite. Though. Right. Everything was under first. And that's what week. I was going to say. We say the first week, maybe two, they figure, okay, you know, the defenses are ahead of the offenses. So it made sense in week one. But yeah, we, we had the explosion, but this is, the way the NFL is, you know, right now. Uh, the comebacks. You mentioned it. The the Giants in Arizona. 31-28 final. If you had the Giants, you thought you were dead in the water in this game. New York outscored the Cardinals 31-8 to in the second half. 21 in a row for the Giants after halftime where they were just rolling. And I was listening to this on the radio when I was driving back from the Aces game yesterday, and I just thought, wow, this is crazy because I was so – I was tempted to take the Giants and lay the numbers like four, four and a half, five, mm-hmm. and they didn't end up covering, but uh, craziness. And then, like you said, Washington and Denver, same thing. Denver led 21-3. to I thought this was a good spot for the Broncos. I did. thought, okay, this is good. Not crazy about laying five with the Broncos at home, but let's keep an eye on this game. And I'm thinking like, oh, wow, there we go, 21-3. Washington rallies. They win 35-33. I don't know if you saw the end of the game or not, but uh, again, they're down 11. They kick a field goal to cut it to eight. Uh, you know, Washington plays basically not to move the football, get it back to Denver. Denver with no timeouts left. They're the the 50. Russell Wilson, Hail Mary. They get the Hail Mary to now trail by six. Obviously must go for two. They go for two. And they're apparently the pass from Wilson to Sutton looked like pass interference wasn't called 35 33 final. And I know a lot of people who had Denver were thinking, Oh man, just get to overtime and maybe they could ride that mojo and they could, they could do what they did in the, in the first quarter in the first half. And, you know, maybe win that thing the way the Jets did in overtime last week and get a touchdown. Yeah. The survivor people were definitely <laughs> rooting for oh, that yeah. two-point. And yeah. I don't know how you decide who makes Terrible Tuesday, but can I make a nomination? Sure. Okay. Justin frickin' Fields. <laughs> okay. Facts. Well, okay. Facts. <laughs> uh, this is, you know, I had a teaser. Full disclosure. Okay. I had a teaser with Chicago. Uh, that was who I had tied up with my Thursday night winner on my teaser with the Vikings. And I had the Bears. They're down three. They're down three with a minute something to go. I'll, there's only one way for me to lose that. Just like the Texas Tech game the week before. And this is a guy who just had a, hor- you know, again, a horrible stat line 16 of 29. 211 yards. Most of those yards came in garbage time. Two interceptions, one TD. QB rating is 61. Where was, what were these people looking at coming into this season and what we saw in preseason and what we've seen out of Justin Fields his whole career that there was optimist, you know, for the Bears? I just don't get it. 
I was never a Justin Fields guy in college. Again, you know, left Georgia, went to Ohio State. Uh, there's a reason why he left Georgia. Remember, there's a reason, okay? Because he wasn't that good a quarterback there, okay? And he, and he wasn't going to get the job. And he goes to Ohio State, plays a much lesser schedule, and the Bears got duped, all right? They got duped. I don't. I don't like the makeup of his game. I haven't. And we talk about it all the time. And when you're saying, oh, yeah, it's a terrible Tuesday, I feel like, okay, it's a Monday through Friday with Justin Fields. And here's the problem. When you go to a team like the Bears and you're taking a project, okay, this guy isn't surefire nothing. It's like the Niners taking Trey Lance, okay, years ago. There's nothing surefire about a guy coming out of North Dakota State, whether it's Carson Wentz, it's, it's Trey Lance, and now you get a guy just because he comes out of Ohio State. If you're going to go and to a team like the Bears, you better darn well sure that you get some tutelage. Because who is tutoring this guy? Who is coaching this guy? Look at the Bears coaching staff. Do you have any faith in the head coach? Do you have any faith in the offensive coordinator? Sure in the heck don't have faith in a young quarterback's coach. I mean, This guy is not getting any development, any coaching up. But they actually were duped. And they actually thought that, wow, this guy's going to come in and just be a superstar right away. Why you think that? I have no idea. And, of course, it's easy to say. But, heck, I've been saying this for two years. And, TC, we talked about it before in the show. I can't. Can you name the last Ohio State quarterback that had a, a successful NFL career? No. No, I can't. No. And we can do this with Big 12 quarterbacks. We can do it with, you know... Go right down the line. And is, I think is, Patrick Mahomes might have something to say I, I, about I that. I understand that. But before <laughs> Mahomes come out, and even yeah. after that, okay? Yeah. Now, and the reason why we'd always talk about Big 12 is because that those are just, you know, racehorse games. Everyone scores in the 40s or the 50s and even even beyond that. And you, and you have, you know, players from, you know, Texas Tech and Texas and Oklahoma put up these video game numbers all the time. But what happens when they get the NFL? You know, there was never any defense there. But again, you know, it's like, don't, don't get caught up in this, you know, because a guy throws for a whole bunch of yardage at, you know, like North Dakota State, like I said, some of these smaller schools, but you're right. You know, Ohio State, I don't know. Same thing about Oklahoma. You can say that too. Now people say, well, Jalen Hurts. Yes. He spent one year at Oklahoma in Lincoln Riley's system. Okay. But again, he made more of the name of himself, you know, those, those three years prior to Alabama. So, again, yeah, I mean, we could play that game, and I agree with it to a certain degree. But at the end of the day, you've got to just look at who you got in front of you. You got Justin Fields, and he is with your team now for a second season, and he's no better in year two than he is in year one. And you think that things are going to change? I mean, you got pretty much the same same staff that's that's mentoring this guy. Forget about it. In the big surprise, and granted, they've played two bad teams so far, but nobody gave them any thought this year, especially with Baker Mayfield. But who would have thunk we would be sitting here on Monday of week two of the NFL with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers undefeated with Baker Mayfield? Again, I don't mind Baker Mayfield. And again, you look at the week one win at Minnesota. How many times have we seen Minnesota fail? At home, doesn't matter, especially at home. Okay, so I can see that. But again, I mean, we Buccaneers, 
no doubt that they should win that game yesterday, and they did win that game yesterday. They won by 10, 27 to 17, but the Buccaneers really haven't played anybody. So that to me, that's not overly surprising. The Atlanta Falcons being 2-0 is more surprising to me. Even though Green Bay was banged up, and sure, if Aaron Jones you know, plays and their wide receiver Watson plays yesterday, if they play, Packers probably win the game. And Packers were pretty much in control of that game, and then Falcons came back to win 25-24. But there's a couple surprises there. But for me, the Bucks, because who they played, we know the Bucks are going to, you know, fall back a little bit. But I remember we, we were talking about this. May, Mayfield is not as bad as some of these other quarterbacks because he does have more experience, uh, than, than a lot of these other quarterbacks. I will take Baker Mayfield over Justin Fields or Joshua Dobbs or, or Sam Howell or more than half of these quarterbacks. I'll take Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and we saw the the glimpse of what he can do with a coach that is an offensive guy last year. Remember that game he had yeah. with the Rams? So, you know, good for him. Uh, in, in fairness to him, when he was in Cleveland, didn't he have a stretch where he either had a new head coach or a new offensive coordinator, like how many years in a row while he in was a, there? In a bad offensive line to remember. I mean, yeah. look how high a draft pick this guy was, right? I mean, you went to the Browns. He went to the Browns, and they were horrendous. You know, that's why they had the top pick. So, yeah, I was hoping that you would save your your Bears uh, talk until Chuck came on. Oh, so you yeah. might you might have to repeat a lot of that. Oh, am I, <laughs> wait, yeah, I, I forgot Chuck is such a, a big Bears fan. I feel bad for him. I know. All right, we come back. We'll talk to Chuck Esposito. We'll, we'll also talk about the college board from Saturday a little bit, and we'll preview tonight's games, two Monday night football games. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, continuing on here. Don't forget, we'll be at the Westgate Las Vegas on Friday for our show there inside the world-famous Superbook. Make sure you join me, Marco, and a slew of our guests and our handicapper extraordinaire, Marco D'Angelo, going 3-0 on the college side. Sunday, though, we got action. The Raiders are at home, and you know what that means? Get ready for Raiders game day with the ultimate indoor tailgate party of Slice at Vegas. That's right, located in the shops at the Mandalay Bay Place between the Luxor and the Mandalay Bay, walking distance to Allegiant Stadium. Enjoy an incredible buffet of your football food favorites and all you can drink, including beer, wine, and well drinks. Located in the private marquee room inside Slice of Vegas, it's your own buffet and bar with plenty of seating. Seven big screen TVs to watch the early games, and you can challenge your friends to cornhole, beer pong, and more. Reservations are required. It's first come, first serve, so don't be left out. Call our good friends of Slice of Vegas, 702-632-6470. Reserve your spot for Sunday's action starting at 2 p.m. That's 702-632-6470. No better way to get ready for the Raiders game at Allegiant Stadium than to get to your tailgate without prepping and cooking your own food. It's Slice of Vegas. Come tailgate in style and comfort inside Slice of Vegas. Pizza, kitchen, and bar at the shops at the Mandalay Bay Place. It's Raiders game day at Slice of Vegas. One of our favorite spots, Marco. Absolutely, and I'm sure that buffet we had uh, when we had the draft party there for the Aces, but buffet's probably going to be pretty similar. And I think, yes, it is. And yeah. I 
think I did a pretty good job on that buffet. You did. Day. You 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 hammered that home, my friend. But uh, yeah, definitely get out there. Uh, our good friend Slice of Vegas, who are, are involved, proud sponsors of the Las Vegas Aces with their uh, Miss Twice Get a Slice. Uh, I think we've gone a couple games of this last homestand with the playoffs. Nobody missed twice. I know. I it, and I love your call. I, you did it again uh, on Sunday when yeah. I was driving. It was like, well, missed the first one. Got pizza on the line. I'll just let the crowd tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going ah. They get, no. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a great ultimate indoor tailgate party experience. They're doing this for the first year, so go on over there. Seventy five dollars, all you can eat with the buffet. And the drinks, all right? And that's including beer, wine, and well drinks. So get over to Slice of Vegas, located in the shops of the Mandalay uh, Place between Luxor and Mandalay Bay, Sunday, 2 o'clock. And again, as Norman Chuck will tell you, uh, a quick walk. What? 10, 15-minute walk? Something like that. Right? Over the Hacienda Bridge. Yeah. Leave the shops there. Bingo, bongo, boom, to Allegiant Stadium for the Raiders. Perfect. And the Steelers. I want to see you do the walk. I want to see you wear that jersey Sunday in Allegiant Stadium. You got a ticket for me? <laughs> wait, wait. You know that they were coming for a year. I know you were on the 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 ticket uh, scalping or, or situation. You tell me you didn't get one? I, you know, I've been hanging around you too much. Oh, Have you seen what the prices are for that game? <laughs> I think you can I'll, afford it. I, I'm. You know, it's your team, man. It is my team. But w- you, you would wear that jersey. Well, here's the thing. You you could wear that jersey because you'll probably be part of the sixty percent. Oh yeah, wearing Steeler colors because oh. it's different when you go, like say, to Cleveland or somewhere else or Buffalo. You might not want to wear that that jersey, but at Allegiant Stadium, you can get away with wearing the visitor and be embraced. True story. I could have had a field pass a few years ago when they played in Oakland. Yeah, good friend of mine. I declined. Wouldn't do it, dude. I do. I declined. I, I've been I, there too I, many times. I declined. I said, Good no, for you. there's no way yeah. that I was going to Oakland. And if I did, there's no way neutral. I would have. I would have. You got to go neutral like if you go yeah. there. Nope. Not. Uh, all right. So you, you're still looking for tickets? Still, you know. Yeah. You, you know a lot of people. You know, maybe somebody will uh, give you a deal. You know? Yeah. Maybe our next guest, you know, yeah. he, he, he'll give you a deal. He knows a lot of people, you know. Well, then I, I will not bring up anything bad for the books that happened yesterday. <laughs> or the Chicago Bears. <laughs> hey, I felt his misery yesterday. Chuck Esposito. What's going on, man? Man, I'm, I'm already worried about this spot. I know. <laughs> well, you knew we were going to open with that anyway. You knew that, right? Oh, I knew. I was prepared, you know. And, he, prepared, and, and here's but, what uh, I was going to say, Chuck. Again, I'm not going to – I wasn't going to berate you because I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to – but here's my – my vernacular was going to be Chuck, long-time, diehard Bears fan. I know he was you know, wearing his Bears gear yesterday. Just give us the Chicago Bears, Chuck Esposito, Chuck, Chuck Esposito <laughs> I can't even speak, emotional update. That's it. There you go. There it is, Chuck. Take it from it's, there. Uh, probably, uh, definitely a little teary-eyed, you know? Ooh, it's only week two, it's, though, Chuck. Uh, Come on. It just expected more. They, they, they've now lost 12 straight going back to last year, and each of those games giving up over 25 points. I think I'd be okay if I just saw – positive signs and progress. And I think that everybody who's a Bears fan just wanted to see them trending in the right direction. That's clearly not happening, guys. So there's definitely some issues there. The good news, they're 0-2. The 
Panthers lose tonight, they're 0-2. Bears have both their own and the Panthers' number one picks next year. And it's going to be quite the rich quarterback class coming out. Um, so I guess worst case, we're already talking draft if you're a Bears fan. I was just going to say this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as we play the somber music, it's September 18th and Chuck Esposito is talking the 2024 <laughs> NFL draft. <laughs> the Bears are on the clock. Oh, no. I know. Justin Fields, we've been talking a, a, a lot about it, Chuck. Are you are you still holding out hope, or you, you know, come on, like you said, it's you've had what now? What does nineteen games to evaluate this guy? You know, he got up to a really slow start last year too, and I remember it kind of it was highlighted on that Thursday night game against the Commanders when they got into the you know inside the ten, I think four times, and came away with no points. Um, but he, but it seemed to be a much better second half of the season. Um, I know it's been you're going going into his third year and picking up DJ Moore that everybody thought you know miraculously they would change. I mean you have to remember they were still the worst team in the NFL last year and they were predicted they were scheduled to draft first until they traded out of that spot. So um, you're right, it's only two weeks. I'm not you know completely hitting the panic button yet, but my hand's getting closer. <laughs> Now that is music to my ears. I like that. <laughs> uh, Chuck Esposito is going to make the Chicago Bears pick this year. There it is. I mean, hey. Why not? I mean, you know, if you happen to have the first pick and there happens to be a certain quarterback in Southern California mm-hmm. who looks awfully good, I guess, you know, I'll be playing that a lot more often. There you go. You're, you're th- Chuck's ringtone is going to be this. <laughs> When you call Chuck, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's it might talk. be. Yeah. It might be, boys. It just might be. All right, best win for the book yesterday. Um, I would probably say it was the um, the Seahawks game. Um, it was really big uh, against Detroit, and uh, and I figure you guys are going to get to this anyway, so I might as well talk about it. Uh, keeping the uh, or having the Rams cover with a late field goal uh, against the 49ers, both were really big games. Yeah, that was very interesting. Uh, how did what was the scene in the book when they were lining up to kick that field goal with four seconds? I, I can tell you what the I can tell you what the scene was behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what, what, to be honest, guys, when they got the ball, uh, you know, uh, and they were, they held the 49ers, we said they're going to need two scores, and um, we think they'll take the field goal as quick as they could get it. I'm sure that was the plan. They're not the only team that has ever done that with, you know, under a minute to go, you know. But I, I you know, as soon as they ran that play, there was the, it just took a while to get the, the the field goal team on and to kick it. I think that was always the plan. I know they have a young kicker. It's let's get points on the board. Um, but it was, you know, a, a good for for our side of the counter, no question. Uh, sharp action was clearly on the Rams as we opened the game eight and a half. Um, you did see the public on the Niners, though. We never got below seven and a half. So I know that there was some places that were at seven, but for us, it was a really good outcome uh, having it fall seven. How about the uh, worst loss of the book yesterday? Well, I think, you know, number one, you had overs guys go 12 and two, which weren't very good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the early games, uh, we needed the Jags, um, against the Chiefs, weren't able to get that one in. Um, late, I think, um, you know, the, the Jets was not good. The Cowboys was a really good bet 
uh, for the other side. Having the Cardinals covered definitely helped. Um, but the the late game too, the Dolphins Patriots game, um, not good for us. It was you know it would have been a lot worse I think had the two games that stayed under and that was the Jags Chiefs and the Dolphins Patriots gone over because those were two games that I think everybody thought were going to go over um, and those are the two games with those high powered offenses that actually went under. Um, so that really saved a lot going into the late game. Um, Dolphins game was clearly big for the other side of the counter, um, but saved us by the game staying under. Hey, Chuck, yesterday the game, which worked out well for you, but I was scratching my head late. There was money come in on Arizona. Uh, a lot of books around town were dropping that line where you would have thought it would have been all Giants money because, you know, bouncing back against the team that's supposedly tanking. But it got down to as low as four at a couple places. Uh, how was the action at your place on that? We were clearly Cardinal fans, but you're right. I think early in the week, especially, I think mid, kind of midweek, we saw some really sharp play. Um, on the Cardinals. Definitely a little bit of a head-scratcher. We felt the same way. Giants kind of bouncing back. Cardinals are kind of viewed as maybe the worst team in the league right now. They're still at least a month or longer away from getting um, uh, Murray back. But uh, clearly the sharp play was on the Cardinals. But as we like to reference, guys, I think every week, Joes versus pros. Joes were on the, um, you know, on the, on the, on the Giants here, pros were clearly on the Cardinals plus the points. Mm. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock cap, uh, recapping the weekend. Chuck, uh, very curious, and Marco and I have been talking about this because <clears throat> I haven't been able really to be at home like, uh, you know, on these Sunday games. And uh, for the first time with DirecTV not having the Sunday ticket, I still have not, you know, purchased the YouTube package yet. So how has that worked for the books? And are, are, you know, are you guys showing this as far as just from a streaming perspective of, or how is this working for, for you guys in, in the crowd? Have there been any, any glitches? How's it gone so far? No, we've been all good guys still being able to, you know, show all the games and having, you know, great crowds in here. And I think, you know, the atmosphere, uh, guests love to, to kind of come in and enjoy everything we have to offer at all of our racing sports books. And I think just, you know, being with, Several hundred of your closest friends rooting for or against them creates a fun type atmosphere. I think when, when you talk about Sundays and, and kind of the atmosphere and the sounds that echo from our race and sports books, they're kind of contagious throughout the casino and really kind of cause a kind of a fun and, and uh, uh, you know, a, a day event that is second to none. So um, no real impact for us. I mean, we're able to show all the games and uh, the guests are here and having fun. Chuck, what I've heard as far as like the bars and the restaurants, and I would figure that you guys would be grouped in that as well, the sports books, that it's still actually the direct TV feed through YouTube. Correct, Marco. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Now, how how yep. does that work, Chuck? Because if direct TV doesn't have that package anymore, that it's exclusively YouTube, how, how, how is that working where you guys are still getting the, the direct TV feed? It's, they're still offered that way through direct TV. Only for bi- only for restaurants, but and residential, bars. it's not. It's not. Yes, correct. That is weird. I wonder why that is. Hmm. So now, do I got to like say? Do I got to like put up a neon sign in front of my house uh, so I can get that feed with you know? Since I, I don't want to give up my direct TV bar and grill. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. TC's disco pants and haircuts. <laughs> that was from the Blues. Good, good luck with that, T. Good yeah. luck with that. <laughs> 
<laughs> no good? Okay, no good. All right, uh, what about Saturday? Now, Colorado is a 24-point favorite over Colorado State. Huh? Let's talk a little bit about that in that game. Uh, we know it was a marathon game, but man, uh, how were, was the public a total Colorado on this thing, Chuck, or how'd this play out for you? <clears throat> they were, guys. It was a really big game for us. I think, you know, I think we chatted about this last week. It wasn't, wasn't really a, a marquee schedule of college games like we have uh, this week coming up where you've got, you know, three or four really marquee matchups. That was clearly the game that everybody had circled, just like it's been the first couple of weeks, um, you know, kind of an NFL-like handle. Um, on that game. Um, best case for us would be to have Colorado win, not cover, and keep the game under. Um, there was a possibility at one point that, you know, Colorado State could have won on, on the money line, um, which wouldn't be best case. It actually worked out well, except that it went sailing over late. But overall, tremendous handle on the Colorado games. Made me stay up much later than I normally do on a uh, Saturday night on the eve of NFL games uh, to watch that game. But just a phenomenal game to watch. And I think just the, 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 the personal foul penalties and the turnovers by Colorado State really cost them. Uh, but Sanders played so well uh, in the fourth quarter. Just a lot of poise and confidence. And, and you could just tell that he was a confident quarterback and was going to drive them down the field. But great college football game uh, to finish Saturday. But overall, uh, a pretty good day across the board for our side of the counter. Chuck, do you happen to remember what the high point was in-game on Moneyline for Colorado? Because they were down, you know, 11 points, you know, heading into that uh, quarter or some point in that quarter. Did anybody jump in and, you know, believe in uh, prime time? Coach, <laughs> Coach Prime would find a way to pull that out? Yeah, I mean, you know, without Hunter, though, that was a, a big, you know, kind of deterrent. Um, but I, I don't recall what it was, Marco. I apologize. Uh, but there definitely was some play on that side. You know, I just think the way the game script was played out, I mean, you really needed a lot of things to happen almost perfectly uh, for them to come back at the end of the game, and it worked out that way. I thought both schools, you know, it was fun to watch. It kind of reminded me of the old, you know, Miami-Florida State rivalries on the field and, and the chippiness and, and these two teams really going back and forth. Um, but it uh, looks to be like it's going to be, you know, some rivalry moving forward, but a really good uh, college football game to watch. And, again, I was uh, glad I stayed up that late, much later than I normally do on a Saturday night, um, but it was a really enter- entertaining football game. UNLV defeats uh, Vanderbilt, Chuck. After UNLV fell behind uh, 17-0, they rallied, uh, got the outright victory cover. And uh, talk a little bit about that. Where were you guys on that? Yeah, it was a good score for us. I think any, you know now the fact that they're two and one and, and they beat a school from a big conference that's a positive for UNLV. Uh, they're a small favorite this week. They have a chance to go three and one. You're right. They trailed. Uh, they went up thirty to seventeen. Then it was thirty to thirty. Right. So it looked like that win was in question a little bit. Um, but you know I think offensively they definitely can can score some points. And, and and with some of the, the lower tier teams, um, they can put a lot of points on the board, and at least that makes it fun right now as they're kind of going through with Odom some of the growing pains of a of a new coaching staff and and getting to play. But uh, good outcome for us. We we clearly needed them as the number did tick up throughout the course of the week. All right, Monday night football two times, and get ready to start here momentarily. Let's talk about Saints and Carolina first. Chuck, uh, Saints are favored by three. Uh, what are you seeing on this game? A ticket count, guys, clearly favors um, the Saints. Uh, it's almost a three to one in favor of the Saints. 
Um, Panthers did not look great week one. Uh, it's an opportunity for Young to make his home debut here. Uh, it's the Saints team now with, with Carr and some of the young offensive players looks to stretch the field. Although they didn't play great week one against the Titans either, uh, but clearly straight parlay money line and over money, uh, clearly on the Saints in this one. We are Panther fans, um, in the early game. Maybe one of the surprising things though is seeing a little bit more money line play, um, in favor of the, uh, the dog here, uh, with the Panthers getting the points, uh, at home, but to win the game outright actually is, is, uh, if you're a Panther fan, we seem to be getting some play on. Are you a Browns fan or, or a Steelers fan tonight? Uh, we're Steelers fans. I think in both cases we're underdogs. I think maybe more of an over-adjustment based on what they saw um, week one with the Browns and especially defensively dominating um, the Bengals. But maybe the Bengals just aren't that good right now. They were 0-2 last year. We know Burrow's a little bit banged up. And the Steelers got beat handily by the 49ers. And they were kind of that wise guy or sophisticated Vogue play last week. I think something to think about is these teams that start this year in the AFC with two straight home games, they only have six home games left and nine road games with the unbalanced schedule of 17 weeks. So this becomes a huge game for the Steelers now who lost week one at home to the 49ers and now play a divisional game against the Browns. You know, the Ravens are already 2-0. and The Browns could go to 2-0, and and you'd have the Steelers and Bengals both 0-2. So a huge early game for the Steelers, I think, at home uh, tonight. Would you like to wear Marco's uh, Kenny Pickett jersey tonight? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for Kenny Pickett tonight from our side. So. <laughs> you, know, you know, actually what, what Marco did, Chuck, is, is it actually an old Bubby Brister jersey. And uh, he, he, <laughs> he actually made uh, what, the six to the eight or something like that there is. That's something you would do. That, that is totally a T.C. Martin move. Well, I, or maybe I can tell you now... The, the way Fields has played the last couple of weeks, I might have to whip out my Mitch Trubisky jersey. Yeah! <laughs> uh, or how about a Roy Jarella jersey? Uh, wasn't he like number six, too? How about Chuck? Wasn't I know who it, I'm talking yeah, about. Yep. But he was a kicker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. So, yep. yeah, but same yep. number. Wasn't Jarella like number six, Chuck? He was a kicker, wasn't he? Like I don't recall six? what his number was. I think it but, was. Uh, you know. Yeah. I didn't have a Bubby Brister jersey when Bubby Brister played. Okay? <laughs> I, I, I have a Terry lot of Steeler jerseys jersey. in right. my closet. You know. Terry <laughs> Handready, I love it. That's some old school stuff. All right, get on over to uh, Station Casinos, any of the properties, specifically Red Rock, uh, where Chuck is at. You can see uh, Chuck out there just peeking out the crowd and saying, okay, look at everyone's going crazy. Here we go. we got a last-second kick. How's this going to work here? Sweating bullets back there. Uh, last-second kick. I like that. Uh, I like that. All right, my friend. Appreciate you as always. Get over there uh, and get the STN mobile app if you don't have it already. But we, we know just about everybody has it. We all have it. We use it. Chuck, I appreciate you, brother. All right, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. Look forward to seeing you, Marco, in that in that Bubby jersey. But I'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs> there you go, Marco. You and I got to go by. We got to go by and see Chuck. And there, you have to, you know, wear that jersey. Or maybe you got some other vintage stuff. You got any vintage bears? We might maybe borrow some of Nunchuck's old Chicago jerseys. There you go. That'd be good. I got Troy's jersey. I got Franco's jersey. Ah, boy. All right, I want to thank Alicia Clark for joining us. The sixth player of the year for the Aces that announced today. Appreciate her joining us. You can go to the website and hear that back at tcmartinshow.com. And, of course, Marco D'Angelo, my bookend partner on Mondays and Fridays. Appreciate you, my man. We look forward to seeing you on Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right, we'll continue on tomorrow with a terrible Tuesday. I already got some terrible Tuesday rants already saved up, don't we? Send them.
Send them over at TCMartin21 on Twitter. Have yourself a good one. Enjoy two Monday Night Football games. Oh, by the way, Marco, Verlander, Astros, Orioles. That's going to be a good one. Not a good weekend for Houston. I know. I know. Lose the series to the A's and the uh, Royals. Don't like it. All right. Miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check it all out. Go to the website at TCMartinShow.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2. <laughs>